everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Let It Out, hosted by me, Katie Dilbout. And today's episode is with Dr. Emily Kybridge. She's a chiropractor and she's the founder of Urban Wellness Clinic, which is a wellness wonderland. And if you've been with me for a while, you know that this podcast used to be called The Wellness Wonderland. And Emily has created one in Midtown Manhattan. And I connect with her so much. She's also from Michigan, which you'll hear. She's so smart, so talented, so kind. We talk about the very male-dominated chiropractic industry and how she's really bringing a female interpretation of it in this beautiful way. I've worked with her and her team, her trainer, Matt, and I've really, really had such a fantastic experience. We talk about the best ways to move for your body. We talk about how bio-individuality exists and we're all different and different workouts and methods of moving our bodies are really crucial to know about. We talk about injuries and healing from injuries. We talk about something called tech neck and how our necks are getting messed up from our phones. And we talk about mindfulness and creating your dreams and moving to New York City. And she's a mother. We talk about motherhood and some really interesting things around there. She's great. And I think you guys will really love this episode. She's full of biohacks and life hacks in the most mindful, grounded way. I can't say enough good things about her and her clinic. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. So I'm going to get to it as quickly as possible. But first, a couple announcements. Number one, Hay House just emailed me and my book, actually the ebook of my book, is on special. And when I say special, it's on a big special. So at Barnes and Noble dot com and Amazon and wherever you want to buy books, my ebook from now until the end of the month, the end of October, just the ebook is $199. That's less than $2, you guys, $199 if you want to check out the ebook. They're doing like this big promotion of my book right now. So if you don't have the book, there's you might as well. It's less than $2. So that will be in the show notes. Also, Speaking of my book, a lot of people ask me about publishing and working with Hay House in particular. And right now, the founder and CEO of Hay House, Reed Tracy, I'm sorry, not the founder, just the CEO. Obviously, we all know the founder was the amazing Louise Hay, who we just lost recently, but she lived the most amazing life. Anyway, the CEO of Hay House, Reed Tracy, is offering this series it's a master class becoming a successful author with him and you can get instant access to this free video training series that's going on right now so i'll put the link to that in the show notes as well and if you guys have any questions on that let me know i'm happy to answer them and also my good friend and friend of the podcast robin eucalyptus she is a holistic health coach and someone who I love and have worked with. My mom has worked with her. She's been on the podcast multiple times. She's relaunching her chewing challenge and it starts today. So the link to that is in the show notes. Make sure you use my link and I'm going to do it. It helps you slow down and be more mindful and digest better. Robin is one of my favorite people in the world and we have to hang out and have her back on the podcast because she's here in New York as well. Anyway, all links that will be in the show notes. And now let's talk about the sponsors. 
This week's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite skincare brands in the world, my friend Chris's company, Franklin and Whitman. They are in Philadelphia. Chris is one of my best friends, but that's not why I love his products. I love his products because, first of all, they work. They're amazing. I use the skin serum every single night. He uses the highest quality ingredients, premium essential oils, and in his face masks, every ingredient, the fir- every one of them, the first ingredient is a superfood. So think matcha, cacao, turmeric, things that you would want in your smoothie, you're putting on your face to get those same anti-inflammatory, beautifying benefits. The other great thing I love about Franklin and Whitman is that they give 10% of all of their earnings to charity and not just any charity. They really live by their cruelty-free motto and they give 10% to help animal shelters all over the country. Check out Franklin and Whitman. Again, I can't say enough good things about them. Use the code Katie and that will get you a discount on your order. Whenever you're ordering, you'll get 20% off by using the code Katie, K-A-T-I-E at checkout. So check out Frank and Wit. I love them. Follow them on the internet and listen to my episode with Chris if you are new to the podcast and want to learn more about them and about him. This week's episode is also brought to you by Care of Vitamins. I love Care of Vitamins, you guys. They are this boutique vitamin store online where you go to their website, takecareof.com, and you take a quick quiz. It asks you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, your energy levels, your digestion, your sleep, and from there, it curates the recommended best supplements for you. It's a process that only takes a couple minutes, and then once you do that, it will tell you exactly what you need to take and why, and then you can just get your supplements right from care of they send them to you in personalized packs which are very convenient and easy for travel especially and the best part or i think this is the best part is they say your name they're personalized their packaging is fantastic and they use the best ingredients in their vitamins and supplements they source them really well and you can actually save money by getting them with care of than if you were to buy all of these and the supply that you would need in your local health food store They even now have prenatal and natal vitamins for mamas, and you can customize exactly what it is that you need for your specific supplement need. So go to takecareof.com, and the best part is that by listening right now, you can get 50% off your first month's order. That's half off of your first month's order by using the code Katie at checkout. So that's takecareof.com. Use the code Katie for 50% off your order. Thank you, Kerov. Thank you, Franklin and Whitman. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this episode with Emily, Dr. Emily, and I will talk to you after. Was your weekend? How's baby Elvis? He's great. Just like, we went to Woodstock, we went to New Paltz upstate. Oh, cool. Um, and we hung out with other little babies and he's into like babies or he's into older kids but kids his age he like he's like I'm not into you that's so funny so I think of him as a baby so how old he's like a year and a half okay so like for a baby that's like new eight months babies. old he wants to like touch them and poke them but for like another two year old that wanted to play with him he's like no I don't play with you that's so funny so it's like kids like your peers here oh my gosh I love that it's so yeah. funny 
Okay, well, I've spent the day with you. It's been lovely. I listened to you on every other podcast you've ever done, which was amazing. I haven't even listened to myself. Well, it was great. <laughs> I always like to do that with the guests because I like to ask if there's something they shared on a podcast that I just really want online, I like have to, of course, ask about that. But then for the most part, I really like to ask different questions so I can like get the things that I'm really curious about and yeah. I know people will be curious about. Yeah. But the best part was that I got to come here last week and actually work with you and experience the clinic and you. And I feel like that's where I got 90% of my questions totally. from, which was so great. So anyway, thank you for doing this. Yeah, and thank I'm, you. So I'm like trying to remember like what we worked on with you. It was like hamstrings were like overstretched. You're hypermobile. Yeah. Well, that's good. Let's like start there because I think it'll be interesting for people to hear, not that they can necessarily relate to my exact body, but mm-hmm. they'll just get kind of an idea of like the way you work with people. So... I walked in basically and told you, you know, I'm new to the city, I've been walking around a ton, and then way more than I've ever walked in my entire life, which is great, and I love walking, but I'm having like weird leg problems here and there because my body's kind of getting used to it. Mm -hmm. So my foot was hurting a couple weeks ago, which I think stems from like my knee, like kind of being weird and then like overstretching my muscles, so you were saying you confirmed kind of my like theory of like my glutes not firing yeah. and like these exercises I do regularly maybe not being the best thing for me and then I learned about what you do here which yeah. which is so great so yeah. that's kind of a great place to start okay. with which is you know when did you I want to get into you know how you work with people how you worked with me mm-hmm. and this clinic and the genesis of that but I guess I want to start with when you were a kid, did you grow up knowing about chiropractic? I think I listened to the fact that you worked with a chiropractor yourself. So mm-hmm. what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Yeah, so there's, there's um, my husband's always like, you were so lucky to know at a young age what you wanted to do. And so I was really inspired by my chiropractor. The story was that I had an ankle sprain. I did rehab. How did you sprain your ankle? I went to slide tackle um, a girl in um, freshman year in high school. Soccer? Yeah. And I just probably just like slide tackle her. But the way I remember it is she just like leapt up and like jumped on my ankle. (laughs) But I'm sure it was just like me being sloppy in my my slide tackle. And... um, and so, yeah, I sprained ankle, like, I had to walk off the field, like, limp off the field. Oh. I was in, like, an air cast. It was purple, Ooh. which typically, when you grade some sort of sprain, is, like, more on the moderate yeah. to severe side. When it changes color, it kind of blows up. Yeah. And so, I rehabbed that, and a couple months later, I was getting headaches. And um, my chiropractor was, like, did some muscle tests and kind of related it back to, hey, your ankle is still sprained. And so that lack of stability down there is working its way up to the body to the point where like your neck is locking down to like propel you through the world and find stability. It's all so connected. It's so connected. And um, so, yeah, so I kind of was inspired by, wow, how cool like the body compensates due to injury. Same thing with you. Um, And I was just really inspired by that. I remember I went hiking when I was 16 in Alaska for like 40 days with a group of teenagers. And there was another kid there and he was, he wanted to be a physical therapist. And we were debating the merits of like chiropractic versus physical therapy. And, um, and like to this day, he's like, remember that like conversation on the trail in like Denali National Park? Are you still friends? Yeah. He's actually like an orthopedic surgeon in Boston. Oh my God. 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think from a really young age, I was really inspired. That's great. Just, like, how the body moves and compensates. Yeah. Yeah. So, you were, so from working with your chiropractor, isn't it funny how, like, something really negative in your life, like, this really painful, sprained ankle that at the time probably seemed, like, world-ending, led you here to Urban Wellness and, like, us talking right now? Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) So, you had this great experience with your chiropractor, and then did you know from there that you wanted to have a practice that looks like the practice you have now? Was that kind of always your end goal? Um, it's interesting. So like a traditional chiropractor only adjusts. Mm-hmm. So gets joints moving. Sometimes people call it like the, the crack, right? Yeah. Um, call it uh, <laughs> an adjustment. Um, and that's what I thought chiropractic was only that and so when I went to school and start to see like oh there's a rehab component there's a strength component there's a soft tissue release component more than just the adjustment kind of opened my world to like all these different possibilities so when I came out of school you know I treated a certain number of people only doing traditional chiropractic and a percentage got better mm-hmm. and I was like okay what can I do more I'm very much of like the growth mindset like yeah you know how can I do better? What can I do more? How can I help more people? And just starting to build those other pieces. So learning active release technique, which is a soft tissue technique. Um, it's kind of like the gold standard of massage. Um, strength training, yoga. I got really into it to Nepal and India for three months to kind of dive into that realm. And then, uh, you know, we have acupuncturists in the clinic. So it was really just bringing in... Um, different people and learning different techniques to just heal the body from all different angles. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, like, that's what you did with me then because you said, I think, to me that doing a traditional adjustment would actually not be good for me. So can you talk about how bio-individual we are and Mm -hmm. how you really tailor what you do for each patient? Yeah. So... I think a common kind of amateur mistake is where people see that there's an area of pain, they want to release it because it feels tight. But some of us, for example, like you, you are very mobile, right? There's different connective tissue disorders um, where you're just like, and oftentimes it's in women, we're just more lax. Like we have more relaxing, we have more elasticity in our ligaments, and we're just more mobile, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the indicators are... If you were laying down and you went to go extend your knee, that you have a lot of knee extension. Or when someone stands, they kind of really hyperextend their knees. Another indicator is if you can tie... Is that like locking your knees? Locking your knees, okay. but sometimes it will look like like almost kind of like it's swayed or like yeah. a little C-shape. Like the hip isn't stacked over the knee, over the ankle. Like it's almost like the knee is behind yeah. the hip and ankle. The other indicator is like hyperextended elbows. Like if oh, someone yeah, does a yeah, plank, like you always have to, you know, in yeah. yoga class, you're like, okay, put a little bend in your elbow. Yeah. The other one is they can take their thumb and touch it to their forearm. Yeah. Like this? Just like that. <laughs> so these are signs like the person that is hypermobile maybe doesn't need more massage and adjustment, which creates more mobility and movement. They need more stability. Yeah. And a good practitioner will look to see where in the body someone needs that. Someone who's more beginner or someone who's just kind of going through the motions are just going to, oh, it's tight there, oh, massage there. Oh, it's, 
you know, it hurts there, oh, let's just, like, massage yeah. and, like, you know, yank on the joint. But for someone like you, that is, like, I'm sure you've had massages, and the next day you're like, oh, my God, I would feel like I was hit by a bus. Yeah, that's, this, like, exactly what I said to you. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, is this normal? And you're like, well, actually, yeah. probably that's not probably what your body needs. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite things I heard you speak about today when I was preparing, and I, like I said, copious notes about you, <laughs> but something I really love about this clinic, like I walked in here, and first of all, it's a beautiful, and everyone is so nice, and it's Thank just you. like so well done, yeah. but you really are a team, and you work in lockstep with your um, trainer, and yeah. other chiropractor, and massage therapist, and all the people in your office, and know your patients so well and what they need and work together which I think is great but something else you really focused on was not about your other practitioners or yourself it's really about the patient or the client and them being an active participant in their own wellness Mm. and I what you're saying there is like you know for me I think I want the massage and the stretching and like the release and all that because it's easy and I just get to lay there and then it's done and Mm -hmm. it's like an easy button but for me in my case and probably is similar with you know lots of people what they actually need is strength and what they actually need is to learn new techniques like breathing which I want to talk to you about later too that can really help them for you know the longevity of their lives Mm -hmm. so how do you one way that I think you said this was working with that team but talk a little bit about how people can be active participants in their own wellness and be active patients and how that's better for you to work with. Yeah. Um, So I think, you know, one of the reasons we kind of work towards that, like giving people the tools to help themselves is as chiropractors, they get a bad rap of like, come in three times a week for every week for the next, you know, for your life. Yeah. Right. And it's also, it's also kind of boring to work with someone who isn't doing you know, their exercises. Right. Like you kind of see someone come in and they're doing the same thing week over week. Um, so, sorry, what was the original question? Like, you talked about how some people on your table yeah. come in and they you start to give them prescription of kind of, you know, what you want them to do mm-hmm. and how they can heal and all these things. And you see the, like, blank look on their face and they zone out and I related to that so much because I feel like I've done that so talk about like how people can try to not do that and what you do to make people less likely to do that you know by working with a team so when there's four people in the room they're much less likely to zone out right I mean I think at the end of the day everyone wants a quick fix that's why it's like an addiction to opioids and all this stuff but um for us um a couple of ways we get people to be active participants is for example the muscle testing that we did on you yeah it's like when someone feels um some sort of weakness or maybe instability or something not firing like a muscle not holding against my resistance there's like this kind of like deep desire like hey i want to like oh, I get that to work especially yeah. new yorkers are like i'm gonna like hold it and kill you and i'm like oh my god you're gonna <laughs> throw my shoulder out um so I think part of it is like getting people to be active and being participant with like the muscle testing to kind of yeah. see hey, where is there instability. And then when we give exercises, we are videoing them to increase compliance. Oh, We're wow. giving them a game plan. We're like, hey, you're going to own this belly breathing so that next time when you see myself and you see the trainer, we want to teach you to pick up something heavy like a deadlift. 
so that when you pick up your baby, you're not throwing your back out, you're yeah. not getting neck pain. So we, we really like to like tie it to like everyday life kind of things right. and give them a game plan and really feel like someone is, we are a partner in their health, not just like lay on the table, let me kind of rub you down and like see yeah. you in like next week. Um, we give cards out, so like how to sit at your desk, yoga stretches you can do at your desk. Um, and what can people do? I mean, I think some people have to hit like a really dark, dark place where like the physical pain is just so all consuming that it, yeah. it, like they can't work, especially in New York when it's just like a high paced, stressful job. They can't focus, they can't concentrate because maybe they have a disc herniation in their low back that's causing numbness in their foot like, to the point where they can't function, right? And it really creates this um, mental cascade of like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So we've definitely seen those kind of people. And some, for some people, like that's what it takes. They come in and they're like, I'm going to do anything you tell me to do. So when we start to revamp their diet into a more anti-inflammatory diet, you know, those people who are like, I have to cut out gluten, that's never going to happen, kind of hit that dark place, and they're like, okay, like, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, Or, um, you know, starting to take different supplements to help with, like, natural um, anti-inflammatory qualities, and then doing exercises, and then also giving them, um, kind of setting expectations. So... You know, there's like the traditional medical model. Like if you have a mild strain or pull of a muscle, it's going to take 12 weeks to heal. And most people in New York like roll their eyes and they're like, 12 weeks. Like, what? (laughs) And, you know, we're here to facilitate the healing and to help you heal faster and better and so you don't re-injure yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard you talk about how you like to give people homework and make them kind of look forward to the next visit and how you have a really really low cancellation Mm -hmm. and missed appointment rate and you mentioned I think this thing I love from Tim Ferriss where he talks about vacation Mm -hmm. and how vacations aren't really the thing people are excited about it's the anticipation for the vacation so can you talk about that in terms to your patients yeah um we always ask people, like, what's your goal? And usually the first answer is, like, I don't want to be in pain. And I'm like, right. I get that. Totally get that. What's, like, a bigger goal? Yeah. And, you know, some people have a hard time or they're kind of sitting and think for a couple minutes. And, you know, it might be, like, I want to run that half marathon that my wife is doing. I want to, like, train with her together. Or, um, you know, I want to be able to pick up my kid and not be in pain. So I think... From the very first visit, we are getting really clear on people's goals um, and kind of really like doing a little soul searching and digging deep um, to what someone is willing to, to do to like do their exercises. And then anticipation, like we always give, and obviously we're not like disclosing names, but you know, someone has going back to like a disc herniation, because this is common when people sit mm-hmm. a lot. I'm like, listen. I've totally seen someone with like the exact same looking MRI and now that guy is going to soul cycle four times a week but he also does the strength exercises we give him and that makes him resilient like that makes him really strong so that he gets to go love do what he loves to do and so when people hear that and we're like okay this is your game plan you're gonna own this breathing you're gonna own this plank we're gonna get you to own a deadlift like people are like yeah like they're excited yeah um Sometimes it's just 
like someone's never picked up something heavy. Like we have a lot of um, like bar instructors or Pilates instructors, or even sometimes yogis were like, Ugh, I don't know about this. Yeah, and so that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, that's that kettlebell. Yeah. <laughs> kettlebell is like big and heavy and like scary and I'm like listen we're gonna help you our goal is not to like make you train and kill yourself it's to like just give you the tools good form so you don't keep getting injured so you don't keep getting injured yeah, yeah. that I think that's the biggest thing and, and that's the thing that I really walked away with last week of what I shared with you was like you know I grew up doing yoga from like a pretty young age started in high school really overstretched my already muscles that didn't need stretching and then got really into Pilates and bar because I realized I needed strength but I think what I'm finding from our last session together was that what I really need is to build very specific strength and like targeted strength and what I heard you what I thought was just so amazing is that you actually go with your clients to workout classes and to the things that they do to uncover what they might be doing wrong or why they're in pain. So how do you how do you help people with that? And like what can people going listening to this conversation go away with to be aware of in the fitness classes that they're in? That's like twelve questions in one. Yeah. Maybe just talk about first, you know, how you help your patients, you know, fitness wise with their yeah. goals and maybe some examples and then you know what people listening can do yeah so we have seven moves um like we call them our essential seven they're like the seven moves you need to do to be a human being so it's like a push a pull a hinge a squat some sort of like anti-rotation like yeah. if you're going to pull a door open and some sort of carry so you know we give people these cards like you're going to eventually learn all these moves um, and they're very like functional. I mean, there's a big functional movement scene yeah. um, in the rehab and the strength world. So we're getting people to do that. And sometimes it is busting the myths of like past rehab and some of the boutique fitness uh, trends. So way back in the 80s and even in the fitness world, everyone was like sucking your belly when you pick up something heavy. Like suck it in, suck it in, pull your belly button towards your spine. And newer research and newer trends are going back to like how we move as babies. So you never see a baby suck their belly in. They're always kind of like looking bloated and bracing and pushing Mm -hmm. out. And when you see a professional power lifter um, with their weight belt, they step up to the weight and they take a big inhale, not into their chest, but into their belly and brace and like really push into the belt. And that is core stability. So a lot of the workout trends of Pilates and bar, and I love them because they're fun. Like it's so cool to be in like community, community, and like all be doing like yeah. lifting your leg, and it's like so fun, and it's nice to be like doing it to music. But uh, it's not it's not the best way to stabilize the body and to yeah. like strengthen the core. Um, and especially as women, we're told to like suck in and skinny up. Like we kind of already do that all day. I yeah. can't tell you how many women have to try and be like, okay, breathe down into your belly. It's hard to it's get. Hard. I've been thinking about it all week, and I don't even remember what I was supposed to do. But I, every time I like breathe, I'm like, oh, no, ow. Like, <laughs> it's really challenging. It is challenging. Is it, I, I almost feel like I'm never gonna be able to get it. <laughs> you will. You will. There's a progression. It's okay. Like, own okay. it. Own it in a more 
basic, you know, like when we were babies, we kind of like laid on our bellies and we breathed and we could feel the floor. There was like some sensory feedback um, of like breathing our, our belly into the floor. And then you own it, you know, when you're on your back and then on your hands and knees, just like we learned, like a baby didn't learn to crawl overnight, right? They like failed a bunch. We learned through failure. Yeah. Um, so going back to just kind of like some of the fitness trends, I tell my patients, like, if you're going to pick up something heavy, you're going to breathe into your belly, you're going to brace, you're going to pull the weight, and then you exhale. Or maybe you exhale on the pull, but you're going to try and keep pushing out um, that belly. And it's really just creating uh, an engagement of your deep, deep core stability muscles. Yeah. So let's say, you know, for example, me, like someone mm-hmm. who does... Pilates, mm-hmm. likes these bar classes, mm-hmm. like these, likes these trendy community-based mm-hmm. fitnessy things. I love a good class pass, especially being here in the city. There's For so sure. much to do. Yeah, it's really fun. But I, in the past week since I was here, I'm kind of like, like today, for instance, I went to this Pilates. It was like a Pilates bar fusion. Mm. I went through class pass, and I was there, and I was like, this is okay. Some of the exercises I feel like I'm doing correctly. A lot of them I'm not even... I'm pretty positive I'm doing wrong, actually. <laughs> but I'm still doing them. Mm-hmm. And this might do me more harm than good in the long term because I might injure myself. Right. So what is your advice then? Yeah. So my advice is like go back to like, okay, what feels good in my body Okay. afterwards, during... You know, a lot of the bar classes, it's like... You're up on one toe. Yeah. <laughs> you might be hyperextending that, that totally. standing leg. You're kind of leaning over the bar. You're trying to lift to get like a little glute meat action. You're like lift and lift and lift. Exactly. And eventually we start to fatigue, right? And then we start to kind of like jam and arch our back. And then we're like, oh, like our back is a little like sore and achy. And, yeah. you know, just. Or your of, foot hurts. Or like foot's I cramping. usually leave yeah. with like something hurting. <laughs> yeah. Or I just like stop because it's hurting like something is hurting and I don't think it's the thing that should be feeling fatigued right I mean I like to use my workout personally uh-huh. to reset all the bad patterns that I do to myself all day so sometimes I'm like hunching over people sometimes I'm sitting I'm trying to have good posture sometimes like my core doesn't stabilize as well as it should and my glutes don't fire so I like to use my workout as the tool to like get my glutes to fire, get my core to stabilize, get like the shoulder uh, muscles to like stabilize my shoulder blades. Yeah. So it's like, we only have so many hours in the day and if we're going to use that very little amount of time to work out, might as well use it not to like feed our already dysfunctional pattern. And I love a good soul cycle class. Like I love, I love it. Let's go together. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But it's not like if we're we're hunching over a computer all day and then we go and hunch over a bike yeah where's where's the uh where's the balance right um sometimes we go to work out going back to what you're saying originally is we go and work out with our patients and yeah I, it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool like what other i don't know i don't know many people are like oh yeah my doctor goes and works out with me to figure out what is going on in my body yeah so we had someone come in she was having shin splints so like pain on the fronts of her mm-hmm. shins and she's like you know we did soft tissue work. We made sure like her glutes were firing in her core and she kept coming in machine splints. And I was like, okay, we have to go work out with you. Like, I don't know what's going on and why I keep saying, she's like, so we go to Barry's boot camp, and she's running on the treader 
and she has a super steep incline, which was okay. Are you like doing the class with her or just like standing up? Oh, yes. I'm like getting up at 6 a.m., going to the class at 7, and like running on the treader next to her, and like coordinating bookings of like floor spots and and treadmill spots. So good. And she's running as if she's like running on her tippy toes as if she's in like five inch heels. So she's basically using her shins to kind of slow herself down to decelerate her run. And I was like, (laughs) she's like, I'm trying to do this like barefoot run. I was like, okay. But like just the way she was doing it, she was so on her toes and she was hurting herself. But I would have never known that unless I was like going to berries with her. Yeah. We'll go to soul cycle classes and like sit behind our patients in the bike behind them. That's so amazing. Yeah. So it's amazing. I'm always like, okay, how do I like, how do you grow this to something more than just like. Yeah. So yeah, it would be so great if like the growth plan of this that like across all these you know working with class pass or working with just to give you some business ideas. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But I mean, I like would love this service as like someone to like make sure I'm not hurting myself in in a personal like fitness escort service. Yeah, yeah. We call like the medical fitness concierge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We also do a lot of um, training for trainers. Think that's key yeah yeah I mean there's such a wide spectrum just like with yoga instructors right. of their training and their knowledge and their anatomy knowledge and uh, I think it's nice to look and work with a trainer because um, trainers can't diagnose and in the state of New York they can't put their hands on you like they can't like go in and like work on a muscle right mm-hmm. they can use like a foam roller or something else right. but um, it's so nice to just broaden their anatomy knowledge and their knowledge of different uh, injuries. And, uh, and then how do you train the client with a sprained ankle? Most trainers would be like, we're not gonna do any lower body anything. But that's not really benefiting the client because they need to start working their glutes and working quad strength after a sprained ankle. Yeah. So how do you, so we train trainers like, how do you work with those clients that are injured or you see like weird asymmetries you know how can you um, work with them still yeah yeah so going back to your personal workout you said that you really like to use your workout time to negate some of the negative things you do to yourself during the day yeah so you're working out by yourself then and it's like you have like a set amount of exercises that you do and you know you're doing properly and you mm-hmm. work out in the gym and do the, those things yeah, so sometimes, so every Wednesday, this is just part of like team bonding, and just I, I think it's important that everyone in the office, from like the receptionist to billing to the massage, all knows so cool. how to sit and pick up something heavy. Yeah. So we work out as a team every Wednesday, and sometimes yeah. we invite trainers in to work us out just to kind of see what people are playing with out yeah. in the New York universe. So we just had someone come in to do like boxing, and everyone's like Ugh. boxing it out, like any sort of like residual aggression. Um, so we work out together on Wednesday. I work out with my trainer that's in the clinic mm-hmm. on Fridays. And then usually I'll do one other workout on my own. Sometimes it's like, oh, I want to go do like my class that I love with the instructor. And it might be like a soul cycle. Um, or it's like, oh my God, I've like been working really hard days. I just need to do like a 30 minute reset. And usually it's some sort of breathing um, breathing drill, a little bit of mobility work, and then going back to that idea of like the central seven, I'm usually doing some sort of deadlift, um, maybe like a row, usually a push move, um, maybe it's like a split squat or a step up, 
Um, just something to just work all the different planes of the body, but with good form. I'm not into high reps. Like when I go to those hit classes and it's like 50 kettlebell swings. Yeah. I'm like, kettlebell swings were not meant to be done that way. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So you know the exercises that you do. You know you're doing them properly. So I'm at, like I was mentioning to you when I came in, and I think a lot of people have this question too, and I always answer, I always ask these questions that I'm curious about through my experience yeah. and hopefully people can relate. Mm-hmm. So when you're crafting a fitness plan that works for you, you know, like I'm someone who I don't like going to the gym because I don't know what I'm doing there and I just don't like it and I feel like I'm just wasting my time and I love classes for yeah. the community, the accountability of like I sign up for this, I, I know I'm going, it's yeah. easy, whatever. So finding that balance of like, you know, how often to move my body when, you know, here I'm walking all the time. So at least I'm like moving every day in that way. Maybe you just said, you know, maybe I don't need to do like an actual fitness class every single day. And maybe if I could, so potentially I could work with the trainer here, learn the exercises well enough to, you know, recreate them two, three times a week at a gym. Or like, is that what you would prescribe for someone like me? Yeah, so I think part of it's like learning the moves, so like giving you the tools of what good form looks like. Which would take some time, potentially. Yeah, it takes some time. Um, you know, people fast track it as much or as little as they want, depending on their schedule and their time. Yeah. We like to also build it into what people enjoy to do. So for example, if you love doing yoga, um, we're going to look at your chaturanga. We're going to see, are you like diving your shoulders? Are you you know, like kind of slumping and dropping your ribs down to the floor and kind of swaying your back and jamming your SI joints. Um, So we try to build it into like what people like to do. Cool. Um, I find the people that get better the quickest have some sort of strength routine. Even if you don't have a gym membership, you can still know how to do a plank at home with good form and then carry that over into some sort of class pass class yeah yeah so you could potentially so what it sounds like you guys do is really craft a fitness program or plan prescription almost with your client or patient and say you know like once a week you can do your class and then this you know work out with me this for this many weeks or whatever and then you'll have like your prescription of like when you are working on your own do this this and this and you have proper form is that right yeah 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 yeah. and for people who don't like going to classes and they don't like going to the gym we definitely Mm -hmm. have those people we build it like we have this woman who loves to garden she goes to her woodstock home on the weekends and she loves to garden and it's like every time you get up from your knees you're going to do like a lunge you're going to stand up you're going to squeeze your glutes or you're going to pick up your wheelbarrow and you're going to pick it up like packing your shoulders and bracing your core you're going to walk it across your garden a couple times yeah so we try to build it in because we we know like everyone's not a gym rat everyone doesn't love a class some you know some introverts are kind of like no just like give me some stuff to do at home and sometimes it's a body weight oftentimes people we've had people who don't even want to get on like hands and knees because they have wrist pain eventually plank and do kettlebell swings and they'll buy a kettlebell for their apartment yeah so yeah these sorts of things are are healable so let's talk about like my specific ailment I don't even want to call them ailments but like my I go into my hip flexors which you told me last time is very very common for people because we is it because we sit so often that our hip flexors are overused yeah so two reasons um 
yeah, because we're sitting so much, so then they're shortened. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have people sit like 12, 14 hours a day. They eat lunch at their desk. Yeah. It's like really, I'm like, just go like, take a walk around the block for lunch. Yeah. Like work's not gonna, <laughs> not yeah. gonna fall apart for that 20 minutes. Um, especially for people who are hyper mobile or for some of our yogis or our dancers, um, your hamstring length is more than I would say is like normal for the average person, mm-hmm. right? And there's kind of yoga standards of like what is a good hamstring, and then there's physical therapy rehab standards. So if our if we've been stretching our hamstrings for a really long time, and uh, we can like neurologically overstretch them and make them weak, and then the hamstrings are like one of the main muscles that hold us up against gravity mm-hmm. like if someone tears their hamstring like they can't walk they can't yeah. move themselves through the world right so it's one of those muscles that if it's overstretched and weak and you're still going to walk around the city and propel yourself around you're going to have to do something else for you it's your hip flexors get tight for someone else it might be the bottoms of their feet or like they might have calf pain or plantar fasciitis yeah so um, i think it's important for all the people who like to stretch their hamstrings to balance it out with some sort of strength of that posterior chain, like the backs of the legs. So balancing it out with some hamstring strength, hamstring glute strength. Um, so that's kind yeah. of the, the key to that. And yeah. then, so that's kind of how that's fixed. And the other thing that I was really dealing with, which I think as it all is, it's all super connected, yeah. is my glutes not firing. So is that yes. something common or is that just me? <laughs> no, that's super common. So when we sit, we literally stretch our glute max muscle and then we sit on it, right? So okay. we're taking a muscle, stretching it, and then just like putting load on it. So right. a little turn off if we're sitting a lot. The other thing is like glute max and hamstring, like if you looked at them on a cadaver, they're literally like they're intertwined as the glute goes down kind of into the leg. Okay. You literally have to kind of like peel it away from the hamstring. Okay. So when a hamstring is weak, a glute is weak. Like they go hand in hand together. Yeah. Um, so strengthening the hamstring will automatically help with the glute? Yes. And typically like if you're doing hamstring strength, you're, you're getting the glute in with it. It's hard to like isolate a muscle. Like usually muscles are working in right. coordination. Because that's why, you know, I was think I knew that my glute was was not firing, mm-hmm. and I knew that the backs of my legs were weak, and so I, I think in those isolating moves in, like, a bar class, I was thinking that that means my glute would get stronger, but really, is it, I'm not working it, I'm, I'm compensating with some other muscle, probably? Yeah, you might be compensating with, like, jamming your, your, your using pelvis. using hip flexors. Maybe using hip flexors. Yeah. Um, Maybe jamming the joints in the low back, the facet joints. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when we rehab something like that, we're giving breathing exercises to begin with, with like someone laying on their back, their knees at 90, and their heels hooked onto a chair. Yeah. Just to start. Um, and then we're getting them to um, do some like standing hip hinges where they're standing and they're reaching their butt back to the wall, touching it standing up, squeezing their glutes, um, doing foot dialing, which people like who deadlift a lot know, where you kind of squeeze your heels together without moving your feet, okay. and it creates this integration from the foot all the way up to the body, where now your glutes are, your glute max is wrapping and tucking. 
Cool. Um, and then we would eventually get you to deadlift, kettlebell swing. And then potentially after that, I would be able to maybe go back to a bar class or do some of the other things with the body awareness. Or do you think it's maybe like some of those trendy things are hard or not really that great for our bodies? Yeah, I mean, it totally it's like depends on... It's kind of like... <laughs> it's like going to a bar class, kind of arching your back a lot, doing lots yeah. of a certain move, and then maybe doing a little reset before and after. Yeah. Right? So, for example, like our runners are really good at running. Then they're terrible at like lateral movement or any sort of like rotational movement. But they're gonna run, they wanna do their marathons. We have some super elite runners that are running 160 miles a week. Oh my god. Yeah. I've never, I haven't run that in my life. Yeah, same. And I have like no desire. Same. <laughs> but like, listen, you love this, this is what you're gonna do. We're gonna give you some exercises to do before and after your run, and maybe That's in the great. morning and the evening just to reset the body. I love that you work with people with what, where they are and what they like. Yeah. I mean, I, we've worked with enough people over the last 10 years that if you give someone something that doesn't resonate with them, they're like, yeah. no matter how much someone's like, you gotta do this. Yeah. They're like, I'm not gonna do this. Like, this is not my thing. You I have to that. really, like, one of the great practitioners find what is the access point. Mm. So I was working with um, a friend who's actually a functional medicine doc, and she's just like beast mode in the gym. And she's like, Oh, these PTF, like these physical therapy exercises. And I was like, she's not going to do these. Like, I just know. So I was like, why don't we do that? Like, let's do a different direction. Show me the three moves that hurt you when you're working out, which was like pressing overhead, doing a push up, and doing a deadlift. And she has like cartilage chairs in her shoulders, and she's torn like 80% of each hamstring. She's had yeah. PRP and stem cell injections. And uh, I was like, let's just clean up your form on those three moves yeah. and let's get you to do them pain-free like with a brace, with good engagement, good alignment. And she did them and she's like, whoa, this was the first time in five years I've done a push-up with no pain. So That's she had this amazing. little glimmer of hope, like that was the access point. Yeah. Like if I kept giving her physical therapy exercises, like yeah. more basic stuff, she wasn't going to do it because she yeah. saw it as like, she's used to being a beast. So I just need to make her... A beast with better form. Yeah, I love that. So I'm, I'm so you're not like don't ever do Pilates again, don't do bar no. again. You're gonna like work with people. I feel like this is so exciting. We should do a part two because I'm gonna <laughs> get my exercises, I'm gonna get totally. my act together, yes. and then I will report back. Yeah. We'll do like a follow up yeah. mini episode yeah. of this. So I want to go back to. Gosh, there's so many things I want to talk about with you. I want to go back to you know, you and your story and when you first were in chiropractic school, we're both from Michigan mm -hmm. and you went to school at U of M, I think, yeah. in, in Colorado. So talk about that and, and what you studied and what was your vision for a clinic when you were in school and did this exceed your expectations? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I think when I was in school, I was like, okay, it's going to be me, I'm going to have a clinic. Like, even the idea of hiring, for example, an associate or someone who's a mentee was, like, really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and it really came organically. Like, I moved to New York. I started my own practice. Um, Why New York? Why did you want to move here? 
I just, I love the energy of the city. Did you always want to live here when you were a kid? No, when I was in, when I went to school in Portland, Oregon, I was like, this is it. It's organic food. There's biking, there's like hiking and nature trails and this is it. And then I got there and I was like, this is not it. <laughs> How come? You, just... um, you know, I think um, from someone who has like a history, like a family history of depression being easily affected with like seasonal affect disorder yeah. just like I remember was it really one, gray there oh my god I it was know. like I remember one winter it was like 40 days of like gray rain Ew. and I was like I have not seen the sun in 40 days oh yeah and like my soul I was, yeah I was like no wonder everyone drinks so much coffee around here yeah <laughs> so um there was a little bit of that, and I, I kind of came to realize, like, I like a little bit of, like, New York, like, snarky, witty humor. I like that people tell it like it is. I like, if you run into someone, like, accidentally in their subway, they're like, hey! You're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. There's not, like, I felt a little bit on the West Coast, okay, in Portland, um, I felt like I wanted people to tell it like it is. Yeah. And so, when I... I, I didn't get that. And maybe it was just my community that I met because, you know, there's so many people yeah. in Portland. There's so many great people in Portland. But um, I just, I never, I didn't find my community. So yeah. I came to, and I started like visiting in New York when I was in school on vacation breaks. And this was like pre-superpower Google. I would go through the yellow pages. Oh my God. And I would like call like a hundred doctors. It was so hard to move here back then. Yeah. I called a hundred doctors and I was like, I want to shadow you. And in Oregon, like, everyone would say, yes, yes, come shadow me. Yeah, like, come, come, I'd love to show you what I do for a day. And in New York, it's like, three people out of, like, 100 said yes. Oh, my God. And so I just, like, met a couple doctors that are actually still practicing. I still talk to them. And it just kind of jump-started, you know, my career. I rented space from an acupuncturist. I rented one room. And after six months... I was like so busy. I was working 12-hour days trying to fit everyone in um, that I was like, okay, I need to bring on someone else. But like back in school, if you had been like, you know, you're going to have nine staff, I would be like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so Was yeah. it scary to move here, especially as an entrepreneur? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I've... I'm of, like, the growth mindset that, like, you just do it. Like, failure's kind of, like, it's not an option, you know? We're, I forget, like, we're both from Michigan, mm-hmm. and what were your, are, are you, do you have brothers and sisters? Or you yeah, know? I have a younger sister. Have a younger sister, yeah. okay. What was it like telling your parents, you know, I'm going to move to New York, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm going to figure it out, you know, what was their reaction to that? They begged me, they're like, Emily, please don't do that. Please, please, I remember my mother on the phone like almost crying, begging me. Cause like in Oregon, I had I had a boyfriend, we had a house. Oh and my was, god! Like, you know, I was gonna join his practice when I graduated. So he was also a chiropractor. Yeah, he was also a chiropractor. Wow. And uh, and then I decided to move, and it was like ten days later. I was like in New York, and like oh we had like kind of broken up. I was like, okay, I'm gonna come back for all my stuff in a month. And um, my mother's like, don't do it, Emmy. But my parents are also, like, my mother was a pharmacist that worked in a hospital for 40 years, and my dad's a roofer. Like, they're, they've always just kind of 
always been yeah. the employee. I think it's a generational thing because like my mom's been with the same company for 30 years. My yeah. dad's been with the same company for 30 years and they don't really understand that you know we value experiences more than things. So yeah. taking these risks and having a, our life be more what we want than you know the things that we want it's hard to like explain that to a generation do you feel that way yeah 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 yeah, for sure I think there's such um such a tie to like a material good yeah um, I feel like there's like a certain generation of like hoarders a little yes <laughs> yes yes mine too and uh and yeah going back to the idea of, like we we want to travel we want to experience different cultures yeah. yeah and just really valuing experiences is so much more than like you know my juice the juice machine and the house right, right, yeah right. for sure so how did you handle that because I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast with people that I find inspiring yeah. that we all have different thresholds for uncertainty and like I have a friend who you know moved to New York way earlier than I did and, and is a freelancer way before I can be and, and really like has this threshold for uncertainty that is a lot higher than mine where I'm more you know play it safe make sure it's the right time all these things so how did you kind of handle the uncertainty that came I mean clearly it worked out amazing like we're sitting (laughs) in your beautiful clinic and like you ended that relationship and now you have a baby and you're married and like everything is beautiful and great but like at that bring us from like the mentality that you had to have from that time to now like what was that like for you yeah, I think two things. I think, okay, and Tim Ferriss talks about this, about fear setting versus, like, goal setting. I do both. It's like, okay, in a certain situation that feels stressful, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, the worst, worst, absolute worst thing. And I told myself in my head, okay, the worst thing that could happen is I don't make it and I move back home with my parents to yeah. Michigan. Not <laughs> ideal, but... I'm like, not ideal, but... And I was like, okay not terrible like I could do no one's dying no one's dying like I didn't you know yeah and you could try again exactly um so I did a little bit of like fear setting and then I did some goal setting and some of my goal setting was from this life coaching group called Handel Group yeah I had Lori the CEO on my podcast and Lauren her new book is coming out she's doing it in September maybe it's you that one yes yeah Yeah, so I've done some of that I was inspired um, by that through Elena Brower okay. who's a yeah, yoga yeah. teacher yeah. and um, and so every day uh, on the train I would write my my dream right Handel Group has this whole dream setting kind of uh, exercise where you do it as if it's already happened there's no absolutes there's no negatives and you make it like spine tingly and exciting cool so I would literally write my dream every day on the train to work, and then I would get done with work and be exhausted, and I'd be on the train, on the F train back home, and I would like look at it. Um, right now I live in Carroll Gardens, but I've always lived on the F because the F okay. is right at the bottom of the building at Fifty Seven. Yeah. So, so I lived at like West Fourth, Delancey Street. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. So, and I would look at my dream at the end of the day. And I would see, like, okay, what would I change about this? Or what would I make it even more, like, how, what can shiny. I do to make it much more amazing yeah. and shiny and luminous? And um, So I kind of did a little fear setting, and then I did a little goal setting. And just kind of, I think the fear setting put things in perspective, and the goal setting helped me just create a vision 
to not get sidetracked by like that internal worry yeah yeah Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Do you still do that now? Do you I still do that, yeah. Not, I mean, not every day. Yeah. Um, but sometimes if I feel stuck, like, okay, like, what's, where, like, what, what are we going to create together as a clinic? Like, what's the next, yeah. like, what's the thing we want to do? Um, yeah, I'll sit down and write that. Do you have, or can you tell us a little bit about your vision and goals for you and the, and the clinic? Right yeah. Now? So, uh, I mean, they're intertwined. So for the clinic, um, I think one of the goals, and there's multiple goals, is to um, be seen as like a luminary and a thought leader in the uh, movement, fitness, health space. And I think that space is often dominated, especially in the like kind of strength training fitness rehab by like by a lot of men yeah yeah and so women's bodies are different sometimes they're hypermobile yeah. sometimes we feel different on different parts of our cycle yes. and um rehab is not going to look the same for a man as a woman so being kind of looking being seen as like the go-to for women's health rehab movement um yes. nutritional cool. needs uh and growing, you know, training, doing workshops for trainers, doing workshops for patients, um, doing online content. Cool. So we can reach more people than yeah. just like the people that walk through our door. And then collaboration. Like I think there's so many amazing female practitioners that are, you know, like they're just doing their thing. But I was like, more people need to know about you. Yeah, so, elevating other people. Yeah, so like collaborating with other functional medicine docs, um, other colleagues who have just like crazy anatomy knowledge and nutrition knowledge. Uh, we just did a panel of like biohacking for women, like how yeah. to biohack the woman's body um, with, uh, with Emily Splickle, who's in the clinic. She's like a barefoot movement podiatrist. Um so that's part of like the clinic vision and like I would love an LA office an office downtown in New York yeah like I would love to just like spread what we do downtown would be convenient yeah exactly (laughs) everyone's like because we have some people who travel all the way from Brooklyn and they're like when are you opening your downtown office yeah um and then for personal uh you know just being someone who works a lot and I love working like I just I love it um I would also love to like drop off my kid and pick him up every day yeah. from school. So trying to find that harmony of enjoying what I do and working with patients and just growing the clinic as well as seeing my baby more than just like yeah. morning mommy. Yeah, 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 totally. So yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. And yeah. I already see you that way. So I can just like <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on yeah. Now and then to see how to be like part of the growth, yeah, because you're so smart and you're so right with like this being a you know a field dominated by men and like every field, really, unfortunately. And it's it's just really cool. I have so many questions and so many notes, and I want to make sure I get to ask you the questions I ask everyone. So, I mean, they kind of go through some of these as more like quick fire, just kind of because I want to get I could just like cross out a few but I really want to get through as many as I can so we've talked about sitting a lot and we've been sitting a lot right now Mm -hmm. and I've heard and everyone's kind of heard that sitting is the new smoking and a reality for us 
like you mentioned for a lot of people is that we have to sit and even for me you know like I think I, I try to do standing desks and sometimes if I really need to just like concentrate on something like I just need to sit yeah. you know yeah um how can we make it better for us what are some like biohacks I guess with sitting that can make it a little bit healthier for us yeah um so two things so if you have a standing desk people will either stand all day eight hours a day or they're sitting all day and like life's meant to be dynamic yeah so like if you have to concentrate sit uh-huh. but if you're like taking a conference call or like, I do go, that yeah like go take a walk or stand yeah um so breaking it up so it's like up down up down um and then I think, I mean, everyone should kind of, like, get their desk assessed. So we go into companies oh, I love and do this. corporate wellness. We just went into, like, New York City Department of City Planning on Friday. Cool. And, you know, someone who's, like, a short little female is going to be set up different than, like, a six-foot-four, like, huge guy. Um, typically, we'll see that, like, people are not grounded on the floor. So they're sitting and they're, like, wrapping their kind of their heels underneath and putting it on their chair so just like putting your feet on the floor and being grounded mm-hmm. um, and then just starting to stack kind of your body so that it is straighter. yeah so like you're sitting feet are on the floor you kind of like wiggle your seat so it's to the back of the chair so you're kind of like supported by the chair these are very comfortable chairs yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then you have like ears over shoulders over hips okay right? so a lot of people think they have to like pull their shoulders back all day that's like that's gonna have that's gonna last yeah. like three minutes. Um, it's not sustainable. So trying to just get the ears over shoulders over hips and just doing some like gentle breaths down into their belly, like kind of expansion three sixty around their torso, just to help them find their center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now tech neck, and mm. we're on technology all the time. It's just a reality of our lives, and we don't even really know that bad things that these devices that we're addicted to are going to do to us so what are some things we can do to at least make it better yeah so um oftentimes people are like kind of holding their phone down by yeah, what is chest yeah, yeah. tech neck is like they're either you're either holding your phone down and you're kind of like dropping your chin to your chest and just putting strain on the joints that way or they're kind of almost like you're jutting your chin forward yeah so your brain perceives your head is like 12 pounds when it's stacked right over your shoulders. And every inch, you start to bring your chin forward. It's like a bowling ball. Yeah, it doubles. So like if your chin is like an inch in front of your chest, your brain is thinking, oh my God, my head is now 24 pounds. I need to like engage the muscles and like try and get that head back to center. So I typically people have them hold their phones kind of like in front of, like kind of like their nose or their mouth mm-hmm. so they're not hanging their head down or they're not jugging their chin looks funny looks funny like who's gonna get the last laugh <laughs> exactly i have to tell people i'm like listen you may look funny but it's your neck you have to live with yeah in your body um or if they want to hold it down i say okay you can hold it down there but like look down with your eyes don't kind of just drop your head down okay. yeah so you're just kind of looking down with your eyes that's helpful yeah Okay, now walking. So, like I said, I've been doing a ton of walking. Anything we can think about alignment-wise or, like, to engage while we're walking? Yeah, so I think um, I think when we start to pick up our pace, we kind of, especially as women, like to can, like, jam our back to try and, like, go forward or mm-hmm. we'll shut our chin. So, um, it, you know, it's kind of similar to sitting. It's like, okay, ears, shoulders, hips... 
getting that all stacked and um, going back to like belly breathing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need to walk fast and like arch your back and jet your chin, like go ahead and do that if you need to get somewhere, but just give yourself a little bit of love after. So like yeah. your style, like if you're running to the subway, which I totally do sometimes, and I get to the subway and I'm all like, oh my God, my, my shoulders are tight. Yeah. I'll like stand hurts. and I'll yeah. like belly breathe or I'll do some foot dialing and just What's do the dialing? So when you stand with your feet, you kind of squeeze your heels uh-huh. and it turns your glutes on. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Gotta learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to the questions that I ask everyone, Tell us about belly breathing that people listening could maybe start with today or like what that even means. Yeah, so when we take a breath in, um, that muscle between our organs and our lungs, um, the diaphragm, when we take a breath in, the diaphragm pulls down and kind of pushes the organs down and it creates this expansion to the front, to the sides, and even gently to the back. Um, Kind of like the best way to find core stability and when we're stressed out or running around we or you know getting stuck in like a too much cardio we we chest breathe because we're trying to get more oxygen in which is fine but we don't want you to keep chest breathing when you're just like sitting at your desk typing out an email yeah. so i typically have people put their hands like kind of right to the fronts of the insides of their their iliac crest to the inside of their hip points and I have them take a breath and I have them try to feel like the muscle push into their fingers on the inhale and on the exhale it will soften for some people that's hard so I'll have them put their tongue on the roof of their mouth like an inch behind their teeth soft jaw and have them take a breath and just try it just helps bring the breath down and then I have them put their hands on their waistline, kind of like right that soft part under the ribs on the sides. So I say, you know, keep that breath moving forward, but now I start to send it wide. So you're getting this expansion. It's so line. different from what I'm used to. Yeah. yeah. So then I have them own that. And then if they're sitting or they're laying on the back, I'm like, okay, keep that. And now just like gently start to send breath into your back almost as if you're expanding your back or even your kidneys into the back of the chair. So now there's like this 360 breath. And you'll notice like right before you go to bed, you do this naturally. Oh, interesting. Yeah, or if you watch a baby or like a kid, they do it. It's so interesting how so many things in life are all an unlearning of things we picked up that we knew as babies. Yeah. Even breathing. Yeah. So we talked about sitting and walking what about carrying bags? Like, I remember mm-hmm. as a kid hearing all this, it was, like, controversy over how heavy kids' backpacks were. Yeah. And I remember, like, weighing my backpack and stuff with my <laughs> friends and being like, look, I need less homework. <laughs> but what about, you know, backpacks or women carrying, you know, heavy purses? Like, anything to think about there? Yeah. Um, I love a backpack. Not Same. super heavy. Um, Mine is very heavy. Sometimes usually. what happens is if the backpack's on our back, we'll kind of, like shut our chin as yeah. we're walking so I carry a backpack when I have my backpack I think as if someone's thumbs are at the base of my skull right where it meets my neck and they're just kind of like lifting me mm-hmm. so that it gets me out of that chin jut so yeah oh that's good um if I have women women are like no 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 I need the purse so I'm like cool let's carry the purse but you're gonna carry it like you're doing something called a heavy carry or like a farmer's walk you're kind of like packing your shoulder down and you're holding it down towards your side 
so that you're using your time of carrying your purse as like an exercise. Oh, I love that. And yeah. switching hands. And switching hands, yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I feel like people are constantly asking you about biohacks mm. and when it comes to pre and post workout snacks, I think you talked about some really good hacks you have about those. Can you talk about those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was, um, I have to look back at what I wrote. It was like watermelon juice or... I did my homework. Oh, okay. I read, it was yeah. like L-citrulline before. Yeah. And Why is that good after. for before um, It creates vasodilation. So it's like, it helps with like, as you're working out, more blood is like cool. pumping through. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. The and then after was L-leucine, which just helps with like regeneration of tissue. Because working out everyone's like oh working out is so good for you like working out is a stressor but as we recover from the workouts that's when we get the benefits right like yeah. our body adapts we heal we regenerate um so it's really the downtime and the recovery after the workout that's the benefit of the workout yeah. so um leucine helps with um muscle tissue regeneration yeah especially after we've been you know going to berries and like yeah, finger, yeah, like yeah. hitting it hard another biohack speaking of biohacks this one when I read this I thought this was really interesting you talked about scars and how they can make muscles weak underneath them mm. so what can people do to, to help with that and how does that work yeah so scars um, and they can be anywhere in the body create a contracture and the center, the part of the brain your motor control center can um, remember muscle memory and muscle movements and muscle coordination and sometimes a scar so we'll see a lot of women with like a c-section scar who have been doing core work and they're like I've been doing core work like three times a week at Pilates and you know my neck hurts and I've never felt like my core has been holding me together ever since my c-section so we'll do some muscle tests and we'll find out, hey, there's C-section scar, which is cutting through the weakest part of our core, is not allowing them to get a full engagement of their ab muscles. Yeah. So we'll get them to do some like gentle massage around the scar. Um, magnesium oil helps, or magnesium lotion, just to kind of like soften. And so as you're softening the scar, you're telling the body, like, hey, stop, like, contracting and uh, contracting here. And then right after, we get them to do their core work, whatever they love to do. So, like, yeah. Pilates. Cool. Cool. Um, and so you're literally retraining that muscle memory of, like, hey, stop contracting around the scar. Start mm-hmm. actually using your core muscles. Oh, yes, we cool. say that all the time. I'd never heard about that, and I feel like that's such an important thing to talk about. Yeah, it's kind of like the unspoken thing. Like, surgeons are like, yeah, you had your... Right. Your surgery, you're good to go, and you can feel underneath the skin what scar tissue feels like. So new scar tissue will feel like a grain of sand. Sometimes it'll feel like there's like a piece of dental floss under the skin. Older scar tissue will feel really leathery. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that doesn't, you know, affect how you move. But if you think about fascia and like the connective tissue through the body, if like one part is like bound up, it's going to create contracture and binding around the area yeah yeah interesting okay so speaking of stress this is a question I like to ask everyone Mm -hmm. and especially you as a mom and a business person how do you handle stress and overwhelm do you meditate are you in therapy what are some things that you do and you live in New York City Mm -hmm. how do you handle it uh 
that's stressed. Um, how do I handle stress? How do you not get stressed then? How do I not get stressed? Um, well, I have two things in the morning, and this is from Tim Ferriss. <laughs> I'm like, win the morning, win the day. I yeah. Like, that's like my morning mantra. Yeah. My husband totally makes fun of me. I love it. Um, well, this is, this is a good to ask you this question, which is one of my favorite questions mm-hmm. that I've asked everyone since day one of this podcast is yeah. about your morning routine. So what are the oh, three yeah. things you do when you wake up in the morning and how does that affect how the rest of your day goes? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like my morning routine has totally changed from now having a one and a half right. year old. So like my morning routine is like I cuddle with my kid in bed while he like drinks his bottle. Um, and then we get up and go downstairs and play and we read books. I typically try to, because when you wake up in the morning, your cortisol is high to kind of jump you out of bed. Mm. So if we're feeling sluggish, there's ways like physically and nutritionally to kind of like boost your cortisol. So, um, so I'll do like, I'll do some push-ups, I'll do some jumping jacks or like I'll do some crawling with my kid. Just and that to, will wake you up? It will increase your cortisol and it will just get you back in the natural rhythm of how it should be oh, yeah interesting. um i usually have some sort of like morning shake uh-huh. um that's that like some like l-glutamine for like the digestive health nice. and uh sometimes i'll have coffee like a, like a bulletproof coffee depending yeah. on how i'm feeling nice um what else is going in that shake what else is going <laughs> in that shake what's well, interesting because right now like coming back from bali I'm uh, getting over like having two parasites oh, from no. like the water and the food, so I've had to like like re re heal my like gut lining. Yeah. So it's from Zymogen. It's like an Opti cleanse, okay. and then some like L-glutamine aloe blend yeah. um, that my functional medicine doc has recommended. Nice. Um, I take some vitamins, so like I have a gene where I can't um, absorb B vitamins as well as I should. My best friend just was telling me that yeah. she has that. The MTHFR gene. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. So, I mean, so, like, such a vulgar... She just voice texted me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I have that gene, and uh, so, basically, like, I can't absorb, like, B6 and B12 normally, so I have to take, like, a methylated version of that. Um, I take some probiotics and some prebiotics, and what else? Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's kind of my morning routine. My morning routine used to be, like, way more exciting pre-child. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's kind of, like, what it is now. What about at the end of the day? How do you relax and shut down and um, turn off at the end of the day? Yeah. um, Last few things before bed. Yeah. Uh, So, typically, like, right when I come home, I do some, like, breathing exercises. Like, face down, belly breathing. Like, stuff that I give my patients just to, like, calm down the nervous system. Sometimes um, I have one of those higher dose infrared sauna sleeping bags. So sometimes oh, I'll yeah, jump in bed. Higher dose is right by where I live. Oh, awesome. I go and like, work from that. I love those women. They, yeah. they were just part of our panel and our cool. biohacking for women event. So sometimes I'll jump into that. My husband and I have a nightly routine. We, at, we ask the same three questions in that one grab bag just to connect. Oh, cool. Wait, can, we, can you tell us more about this? Yeah. Questions? So. Um, and we always alternate every other night. Uh, so the first question is like, what am I grateful for? Mm-hmm. The second question is, what could I have done better? Um, the third question is, what I love about the other person? Oh. And then the fourth question is like a grab bag. It could be anything from like, 
make the make your your the favorite face that like our child makes or like the favorite noise yeah. or and then sometimes it's like deeper it's like you know like what what are you most scared of right now yeah so especially in New York when we're all working and like child kind of becomes number one sometimes it's like yeah. the business is my baby my baby's my baby and my husband's my baby yeah <laughs> and so usually husband after child usually gets like <laughs> the shaft a little bit yeah. so it's a nice way to reconnect and just check in with each other yeah and you know sometimes we just like knock out afterwards and sometimes we go into like conversation or share more about our day but um I love yeah, that was from Lori Gerber. She oh, does that with cool. her husband. Not those questions. I think she has her own questions. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. I've been doing with my boyfriend this thing. He was a camp counselor, and he said that he would always do this with the campers, but it's called pals and wows, so like three things that went well yes. and three negative things. But I was like, I don't really like that. I feel like we should just do like six wows because yeah, I don't want to, but I, but I get it. Anyway. We do that in the clinic. We do glows and grows. Oh, nice. Yeah. like Okay, how did you meet your husband then? So you <laughs> you, were, you broke up with a guy from Portland, you moved here, how did you guys meet? So I had a patient that turned into a friend, we went and did yoga together, her boyfriend was my husband's friend, and I was dating a guy at the time, like very artsy, he has like a piece at the MoMA, oh, and <laughs> he was throwing me a birthday party at Spin, oh which is like that, that ping pong club, so cool, down on 23rd Street. Oh, cool. And uh, and my friends were there, and they were like invited DJ, my husband, and he brought a date, and I was like, wow, he's like really cute. That's so funny. But he had a date, and I was in a relationship, yeah. and we just kind of like when I got together with this couple, these friends, like he would be there, and we just you know go wine and dine mm-hmm. or whatever around the city. Like fast forward a couple of years, I had just come out of a breakup of a different boyfriend, and. Um, my girlfriend was like, hey, come to the beach. Like, come to LIB. And he was there. And I was like, dark cloud. And we just, like, talked. And, you know, didn't think anything of it. And I knew my ex was at a barbecue. And I was like, hey, want to come to this barbecue, DJ? <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay. And, you know, him not knowing, it was like to kind of make my ex jealous. And he's like... I see in your glasses this guy, like, in the reflection of your glasses, this guy, like, staring me down in the back of my head. He's like, I'm going to kiss you to make him jealous. Oh, my God. This is, like, a movie exclusive. (laughs) We should have led with this. I know. He leaned in to kiss me, and he was kind of, like, like a little peck. And I was like, if you're going to kiss me, like, if I fucking need it. (laughs) And he was like, oh, this girl means business. Anyway, we dated, like, we did, we were both coming out of relationships, we dated other people for six months and dated each other and, like, told each other everything about every relationship. And then he, we were in Tulum on a beach and he's like, let's do this, like, you and me. This is a romantic comedy. I know, it's crazy. Um, and I've, I was, like, seen this episode. <laughs> yeah, I was reading him, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, one of her goop about, like, an interdependent versus, like, a codependent relationship. And he's like, let's do this. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I was really enjoying dating. <laughs> and I get back, we get back to LaGuardia, it's, like, snowy and terrible. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. And he's like, do what? He's like, oh, now? Now in this, like, dark, stinky cab instead of, like, this beautiful beach? 
And we just like, we're like, yeah, like, let's be together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, I'm going to get my redemption. I'm going to make you my wife in Tulum. So we got married in Tulum oh in like 2015. Gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We should have lived with that. <laughs> who cares about the sitting and the, who, all of your years of experience? Yeah. yeah. Just a good love story. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, well, this is a good transition okay. to hear you talk about feminism. Yeah. <laughs> I really like hearing people define it for themselves and then how they act that feminism in their own lives. So could you speak on that? Uh, yeah. And maybe just like how you've experienced even like sexism in your career, if anything comes to mind, or you know, how you've had to anything you've overcome like as a woman in the space yeah I mean going back to like the field is very male dominated and not just like the chiropractic rehab field but you know if someone's in pain they're going to look at a PT an orthopedist the orthopedic field is really male dominated um in my experience just like networking and just bringing um awareness to around what the clinic does I've gone to orthopedic orthopedist office and they're kind of like Hi, little girl. How can I help you? Yeah. Like, it, like they talk to me in the reception. They don't even bring me into their office. And I'm like, listen, I know you've been doing surgery for like 40 years, right. but like, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and watching movement and working with like 100 patients a week. But it, it like doesn't matter. They're like, okay, right. that's nice. So, um, I mean, that's part of like why I love collaborating with women. It's just sometimes you feel like you don't have a voice. And you don't have a platform to have your voice. And now with like social media and just New York being what it is with like all these different amazing female events like Founder Made and She Summit, like there is a place to like have your voice, to express yourself authentically, like not kind of tamp down your your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because New York is like so crazy, like people just say whatever they want. Yeah. It, it just feels like very freeing sometimes. Um, I mean, that's how I've experienced sexism. Uh, and I was always like, okay, like this is <laughs> this is what's in front of me. Um, and I always go back to myself, like how can I make myself so great at what they do that they can't deny me, and they yeah. can't ignore me. It's like that Steve Martin quote. Yeah. So I always go back to that and, uh, you know, it, it creates this like constant curiosity, continue, like wanting to do continuing education constantly and reading and listening to podcasts and just, you know, sharing what we do and just being open to like what other women in the field are doing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And supporting other women. I feel like you yeah. do that really well with your work too. Yeah. I mean, an interaction with a male client is it's different than working with a woman Mm -hmm. um oftentimes this is not across the board but like a lot of men are like this is where i have pain let's get rid of it like wham bam like fix it up almost like a mechanic and with a lot of the women there's a lot of like sometimes there's like trauma like oh my god and then i like broke my ankle and now like i'm having so much pain and i can't it's more walk. of a story yeah it's more yeah. of a story you kind of have to like unpeel the layers you have to be patient and compassionate and empathetic and, and listen and listen yeah um you know at the end of the day like everyone wants to be heard and everyone is going to remember how you make them feel right yes. there's that quote like they don't you say or exactly. you do but like how you make them feel I Angelou yeah so um 
it's a very different interaction. And I think some of the, like, the women that I love in New York, like Elena Brower, um, this functional medicine doc, Gabrielle, Gabrielle um, Lyon, is they just hold space so well yeah yeah that's what I felt like working with you you know and, I, and I'm curious to know you know are there I feel like in Michigan I would see all these chiropractors offices that I would just like drive by there's like a million and you <laughs> don't ever remember seeing a woman I mean I'm sure there are yeah. but I just significantly more men it seems like and when I came into your office I felt like I could be like tell the full story of, like this is what happened I remember it hurt, hurt then and this is what I did blah 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 my whole like very talky as women yeah. and I felt so heard and you asked me questions and I felt like it was this really authentic interaction which I don't think I would have developed as much if it was a man yeah. and I don't not nothing to say against the person who I would have been working with yeah. this hypothetical person yeah but I just feel like there's this nurturing sense that happens with female to female connection that can't happen with men yeah for sure and a lot of the women we see and especially with like plastic surgery in new york Mm -hmm. like and we do lots of scar work like if you're like oh yeah and i had breast augmentation or i had a mastectomy or like all those little things you know Partially, like, because there's a little bit of, like, okay, is that person going to work on me there or on my scar, which we do, I think maybe some male practitioners would be like, okay, what do I do with that information? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas we or can they actually... judged or... Yeah. Well, yeah. we can actually... Like, we have some women who have C-section scars that have not touched or look at their... Like, even looked in the mirror in that area for, like, 20 years. Yeah. I'm like gonna tell my mom. I yeah. bet she hasn't. Yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah, and to like come in and be like, okay, we're gonna do some soft tissue massage around yeah. that. I like, you know, I mean, people cry on the table. I usually am like, it's not a good session until you cry. Yeah. And uh, and there's so much, you know, emotion around, for example, a C-section. Like some people yeah. feel like it's like traumatic. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. This is a great, this is one of my favorite questions I ask everyone. I'm really curious about your input on this. So we talk a lot about body image on this Mm -hmm. podcast because, you know, my story and people listening to this. So have you ever struggled with body image and your clients with body image? How do you handle, you know, especially being someone in the health and wellness space? And I talk about this a lot too. Like I love green juice and all of these things as much as the next guy. However, I don't want it to dictate my or it doesn't have to have anything to do with my weight and my body but how do you deal with you know if you're having what I call a bad body image day or if your clients or patients are dealing with body image what are some of your tactics to move out of that mentally or how do you deal with that yeah um so I like to especially when there's body image like oh I'm overweight or I'm trying to lose the 10 pounds and they just won't come off Um, I like to deal with it from like a kind of like a clinical doctor's eye like hey maybe there's something going on with your thyroid like maybe you're doing everything that you can like you're eating clean and you're working out Um, and even if you're not doing that like let's see if like all your systems are running to like top tip top form Um, so we'll do some blood work checking their hormones um you know, checking their blood work, their thyroid. And um, I think going back to just like holding space. So we have a lot of runners who 
are training a lot who potentially have body image issues where they're maybe not nourishing themselves or resting enough and they have a lot of uh like they want that endorphin release from their run um to the point where they're doing they're having like adrenal fatigue or like uh stress fractures from not having enough nourishment Mm -hmm. so um I think part of it is just like going back to the idea of like holding space and starting to introduce like, hey, let's go through what you're doing to nourish yourself in your day and like how can we make little tweaks so that you can not only have like optimized performance, but that you're like taking care of yourself as like a human being. Um, For myself, I think think my body image issues kind of came when I had like some low points like through some breakups. and I think just from working with people and from having a child <laughs> and having to carry that heavy child around, my, my vision of, like, my body has definitely changed. You know, it was, like, be a certain weight, be slim but strong, and really um, my focus now, because I work with people all day, I'm basically kind of, like, uh, wrestling people all day a little bit, and going home and taking care of my baby is, like, how can I be strong and have like sustained energy to be able to deal with all the different things in my life to like my husband, my staff, my baby, my patients. Like if I'm not nourishing myself or if I wanted to get to like what my goal weight was way back in the day, like it just isn't possible. Like I'd probably give myself a thyroid condition (laughs) from the lack of nourishment. So I mean, I kind of personally look at just from my background, look at it from like a little bit of a scientific lens. But when I'm working with patients, it's like, let's make a game plan. How can we have you take the best care of yourself? And it may be different than our our cultural standards that we've told ourselves. And maybe there's something wrong with that and not you. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, just from experience of like working with like a lot of, we've worked with a lot of models like those people are in pain sometimes because they're not eating yeah. enough and they're not nourishing themselves enough yeah. like they're like physically have degeneration in their joints Some like sometimes they feel frail and uh, and just holding space and trying to encourage them like listen if you're going to be on set all day you know jutting out your hip like you need to like you need to nourish yourself and hydrate yeah. and be eating so yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really hard it it's, is hard it's like a systemic problem and some of those mental things that we have cause physical things that we do to ourselves to fit into these mental standards of beauty that some male created, and it's just crazy. Yeah. But it's helpful to talk about, I think, and yeah. know that we're not alone. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so these are the super quick fire ones, so just say the first thing okay. that, that comes to your mind. And just a warning, they get more challenging as we get Okay, so <laughs> warming you up. Favorite color? Um black <laughs> favorite day of the week <laughs> uh i love a good thursday me too anticipation yes favorite hour of the day um usually around four o'clock like i love right when the sun's like starting to dip nice yeah best thing you've eaten in the last week um <laughs> my mom made some really good cod the other oh, day nice. <laughs> lovely yeah one thing you wish more people knew about female wellness 
They don't have to suck in their belly yeah. to be strong. <laughs> nice. Greatest lesson on relationships? Um, to, to find a connection every night in some way, shape, or form. Love that. Greatest lesson on family? be patient and to know that like everything that has happened is you've chosen mm. yeah greatest lesson on spirituality slash god when what happens when we die everything there oh. I, think, uh, I told you to get harder. I know <laughs> um, I kind of prepped myself for these questions okay, not enough obviously um, I honestly think one of my biggest spiritual practices is how I choose to spend my time in my day mm. Where are you with, like, God and what happens when we die? Yeah, I think there is the divine. I don't know what really happens. Yeah. And, uh... Don't need to. Yeah, I don't need to. And just kind of, like, how can I be my best self every day? Yeah. Yeah. So I've usually been starting the podcast with this question, but we, like, jumped right into your work, which is great. But what have you been realizing or contemplating or just thinking about really recently like today or in the past what's been on your mind in the past like week or so uh, <laughs> a couple things um just the importance of community mm-hmm. and that can be so diverse um yeah the importance of community cool and the second thing is um just how precious like every minute is like we had something happen next door and I don't know if you want to include this but you can do um this woman jumped off the building next door yesterday oh my god on like the 15th floor and everyone in the office was shook up and there was kind of like you could feel in the air like this nervous energy yeah and they like covered like they blocked off 6th avenue and they covered her up with a sheet and people have like my receptionist has a video of her sitting and the doorman has a video of her jumping and it's just like, like, I mean, one of the reasons we went, I went into this business is like physical pain can take you to that point that you want to just not be here anymore. And one of the reasons I did this was like, I want to help people like kind of pull them. Tom Bill, you talked about this, like pull that person out of the matrix yeah. and get them to wake up so that they're not in physical pain. They're not in mental anguish and you know, they don't do something like that. So going back to this idea of just like the preciousness of our time and our choices and who we surround ourselves with and community that's been really like yeah. especially after yesterday wow yeah it's yeah. oh, really important okay much later yes, topic that was um, heavy. <laughs> this is really a, just a way for you to recommend things sure. and to get to know you so you're stranded on a deserted island and you can only bring with you one tv show one podcast one movie, one book, and one food. What would you take? Oh, out of all of those? No, no, no. Like, like one, one of each. each. Yeah. Okay. So What's the first one? So let's do TV show. And I watch TV. Okay. Any, like, TV show you Maybe, like, um, like, Better Call Saul. What? Better Call Saul. Never heard It's, of like, it. the spinoff of Breaking Bad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Okay. Okay. Movie. Either movie you um, always love. The Dope or... Book. Oh. So good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, music. Um, what are you listening to recently? I'm listening to Parab Stella or like LCD sound system. Nice, yeah. classic. Um, what about podcasts? Like some podcasts you love? I love um, Tom Bilyeu, who's the founder of Quest Nutrition Impact Theory. Oh, cool! Yeah. And I 
feel like you are a Tim Ferriss person. I am a Tim Ferriss fan. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, and what else? A book. What books do you love or books you never get sick of? Uh, think everyone should read. I like all time favorite, Shantaram. Is that a yoga book? I it's like a yoga. I'm like nodding like I knew. Yes, it's like it's like it's like oh, four cool. inches thick, and it's um this guy's like journey through life, and he wrote it like while he was in prison. Oh, cool. but um it's amazing, and I just love like any like nutrition movement anything book. Cool. Yeah. What about um food? Favorite food or like last meal type food? Something you really love? Uh, I'm super boring. I would be like some sweet potatoes, some asparagus, oh, and some like chicken nice amazing okay well first of all thank you so much for doing this and thank you for having me i want you to tell everyone where they can find you but as you know the name of this podcast is let it out so is there any question that you wished i would have asked you or something that you don't get to talk about a lot that you want to let out anything (laughs) did i bring you dry i feel like we covered so much no those amazing questions you really did your research i love that um uh, you know, I had my child on my hands and knees in my bed at home with wow. a midwife. Yeah, cool. And I think, especially in New York, like C-section rate is super high. Yeah. It's like kind of 36%. Um, obviously, some of those are scheduled. But uh, I think anytime a woman is going to have a baby, just educating themselves. Yeah. For me, the education of like what happens in a hospital, you know, like... What does an epidural look like? I was literally watching like birthing videos, like women pushing their babies out. Yeah. And for me, that calmed my anxiety of the unknown. For some women, they don't want to be that educated, but every single woman that has come into my clinic that's had a baby has been like, I wish I had educated myself better and more and had like talked to the doctor more and had planned my birth plan. And obviously you can only do so much planning, but, um, or I wish I had had a doula or, you know, I wish I had known that every hospital in New York has a 24 hour cutoff yeah. and then they're going to do a C-section, whether you're like wow. ready to push the bike, <laughs> whether the baby's like almost there or not. So, um, you know, medical intervention has its place and like, you know, I feel so grateful to live in a country that offers it, but you know, birthing is also like a natural yeah. process. So just like ed- just educate yeah. yourself see episode with Lisa Thomas <laughs> yes I'm let it out them. exactly yeah um, okay amazing so Thank where you. can people find you we are at the amazing space in New York City so people can come in and experience this if they're here or they want to come in to here and they can find you online as well and you have an amazing blog mm, yeah so Urban Wellness Clinic we're at 57th and 6th it will all be in the show notes <laughs> uh, Instagram Urban Wellness Clinic Twitter is me, Dr. Emily. Follow her, she's amazing. I'm obsessed with you and your friend. All right, that's our episode this week with Emily. I love her. If you are in New York City, go to Urban Wellness Clinic. It's a wellness wonderland. It's the place of my dreams. I love it. I love her. And I hope this is the first of many collaborations with Emily. And you'll be hearing more of her on the podcast. But for now, one more shout out to our sponsors this week. Thank you so much to Care of Supplements. If you guys don't know Care of, you should. Go to their website, takecareof.com, and take the personalized quiz. They will tell you exactly what you need supplement-wise to feel your best, have the most energy, do what you need to do in the world. And right now, you can get 50% off your first order by going to takecareof.com and entering the code Katie at checkout, K-A-T-I-E. That's my name. 
Anyway, thank you so much, Kara, but we love you. Also, thank you to Franklin and Whitman. They are the skincare brand that I love. They have this hair serum that I just can't get enough of. I use their skin serum every single night and their body oil, body serum, I think it's called. Smells amazing, you guys. I use it when I get out of the shower, right when I get out of the shower, when I'm still a little bit wet. It locks the moisture in. I also love their face masks. Remember, first ingredient is always a superfood. Think matcha, think cacao, think turmeric. They also have these facial steams, which I love. Chris is one of my best friends, the founder, and he has been on the podcast. But if you want to get 20% off your order, make sure you use the code Katie at checkout. That's K-A-T-I-E for 20% off your order. It doesn't even have to be your first order. You can be ordering again and again and again. And make sure you use that code because you can get 20% off every single time. Thank you so much, Frank and Wint. We love you here at the podcast. Okay. That was a mouthful. But before I get to the emoji, I just want to tell you guys the announcements one more time. My book is $1.99 for all of October. So check it out. And if you want to learn more about publishing, make sure you check out the masterclass from the CEO of my publisher, Hay House, right now. You can you can do it. And it's free, the videos. So the link to that is in the show notes. And also, if you want to do the chewing challenge with me and Robin Euclid and a bunch of other people do it. The link is in the show notes and I'm going to talk about it in the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. I love you guys. Okay. The emoji for this episode is, drum roll please. I hope that wasn't too loud in your ears. It is the walking man. I think there's only a walking man. Is there a walking girl? If there's a walking girl, do the walking girl for sure. But if not, let's do the walking man because one of the things we talked about, as you know, if you're still listening to me rambling right now, is walking and the best ways to not injure ourselves while we walk. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week with a really, really, really great episode. It's a surprise. Bye. Mm -hmm.